What's good? You already know who it is, and if you don't know who it is, it's your man Leon Benson, aka Leon Genesis, aka your mom's favorite personal trainer, aka Let's Get It, aka Let's Work, aka Always Working, aka Featris Thompson in the building. What it do? We back at it again, man. This is episode 134, season four of the Passion Purpose Perspective podcast by yours truly. We yauche, we working. It's Sunday, fun day, January 29th, 2023. Don't got a lot of time. It's going to be a short one today. So let's get down to be Aeneas. Now, Last episode, we talked about my race preparation for 2023. Um, I talked about it last year, and I'm probably I'm pretty sure I talked about it the year before that too. But I'm finally going to do a competitive half marathon. Um, I've done one before, but it was like a virtual one. So we just found uh, we we basically we found like a trail to run. So it wasn't against other people and it wasn't like the whole hoorah that it is when you go to an actual event. Uh, so, yeah, working on that. And then uh, last episode, we also talked about cumulative uh, in the world of finance. We talked about cumulative translation adjustments. So in case you missed last week's episode, you can go back into the feed and you can check out episode 134 for all of the dibs and details on that. Now today we are going to talk about running and lifting weights within the same exercise program and that's on the fitness side of things in the world of finance we're going to talk about retirement pension expenses and then uh we're also going to get into other things like interest rate hikes and what's happening with that but before we get into that make sure you comment rate download and subscribe to the podcast because we got more episodes on the way something else i want to say really quickly before we get into it is new country is getting crunchy we got a new country of listeners on the list shout out to ghana all right so whoever is in ghana listening to this right now i love you and i appreciate you because you could be listening to anything else in the world but you're here listening with me yeah but yeah man shout out to west africa man i'm african-american so anytime my people support it's always a blessing now let's get into today's episode so like i said we're going to talk about running and lifting weights within one fitness program so some people think that you know well i can only run or i can only lift weights or you know, they're just confused as to how to divvy up the exercises or the training splits. So I'm going to talk about what things I do personally, just some of the details. And then I'm going to just break down in a non-scientific way, just a very basic program um, or just training split that you can do if you're trying to incorporate weightlifting and running into your programming. So since I'm preparing for a half marathon this year, I'll definitely be running a lot more. However, I will still lift weights on a weekly basis. So for me, the first official practice event that I have coming up, it's going to be, I think, March 19th 
uh, of this year. And it's going to be nine miles. So I took off a month and a half, for those of you who haven't been following along, took off a month and a half from running uh, because I just I needed my knees to, to heal uh, just from all of the running that I did, uh, you know, during the pandemic, after the pandemic, etc. So, yeah, after that month and a half off, um, I realized that there was roughly like eight weeks until the first practice run. So with that being the case, I was lifting weights consistently. I'm lifting three times a week, um, you know, for roughly an hour, hour and a half or so, give or take. If I'm really feeling crazy, sometimes two hours. But yeah, of course, that, in, that incorporates cardio as well. But yeah, I've just been focusing on weightlifting since December. So it is about we're about to be in February. Um, by the time you listen to this, it, it might be February already. Shit, it might be 2025. Who knows? But yeah, the focus has been just, again, recovering from just knee injuries and rebuilding strength with weight training. Because yeah, I definitely lost a little bit of size. I probably lost a little bit of muscle, but just overall, my strength definitely suffered a lot because I wasn't I wasn't really lifting any heavy heavier weights uh, when I was doing a bulk of my running. So yeah, this time I really wanted to focus on just getting stronger again, being able to lift a little bit heavier, um, and also too just breaking up the monotony, the monotonous like schedule of just constantly doing the same workouts over and over and over as far as like. Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do today? What are you going to train today? Oh, I'm just going to run. I'm going to run fast. I'm going to run slow. Uh, you know, I'm going to run like, you know, in between fast and slow, like a moderate pace, you know, uh, like the same thing over and over again. So, yeah. But um, so now it's it's I'm getting to the point where. I'm going to have to start increasing my running mileage on a weekly basis and. Over the coming weeks, of course, I'm going to focus mostly on improving my running form, um, having better run splits, so like basically running faster times, and then just getting enough rest and having good nutrition to fuel my workouts, but also to to, to implement just better, better recovery over time. And of course, trying to prevent injuries um, before race day. So, I mean... There's so many ways to incorporate running and lifting into a fitness program. So for me right now, what I'm doing, and I've literally just started doing this because again, like I said, I didn't run or I didn't, I didn't lift weights, like seriously lift weights for like two, two and a half years. I just was doing like the hot, the, the, the heaviest weight that I was lifting was 25 pound dumbbells, just doing like, you know, different, uh, upper body workouts with that and some lower body workouts too. That's not, you know, especially for somebody like me, I've been training for 22 years. I'm not gonna be able to build a significant amount of muscle or strength. If I'm just constantly using the same amount of weight, 25 pound dumbbells, after a while, your body's going to adapt and adjust Ergo, you need to you need to make changes. So either more heavier weight or more volume, more reps and more sets. And it's just like nobody wants to 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 do 100 dumbbell curls, you know, for one set or for three sets. It's just like it get it becomes very inconvenient as your body 
adapts over time to what stimulus you are uh, introducing to it in the form of weight training or if it's cardiovascular uh, training. So yeah, now obviously I'm in the gym, lifting way heavier, lots of volume, but my my days that I train have been minimized substantially or significantly. I used to train seven days a week. Crazy. Um, now I'm only training three days a week. I have four days off. It's, yeah, it's definitely as, like I said, as somebody who's been training for 22 years, like I absolutely love this training split for myself. Now it gets a little tricky when you start to implement more of another, uh, just of another workout or another type of exercising, which for me now, my focus was weight is weight training, but now it's like, okay, I got to get ready for this first event, this first race. So now I have to implement more running and the emphasis or the focus has to be running. If I want to get better at running so that I can be as prepared as possible for a half marathon. Yeah. Running is the goal. So um, basically for me right now, like I said, I'm training three days a week. So now what I'm doing is I will train on Fridays. Typically I'll train upper body. I don't do like, you know, the bro splits and anything like that. Like I don't do like, uh, Oh, I'm gonna do chest on Monday, biceps, triceps on Tuesdays back on went Like I don't do that. I literally, I'm just upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower. So I train my upper body. Um, and every workout, I don't hit every single muscle, uh, as far as my upper body, I don't hit every muscle group, but I try to, I try to have a well-rounded program. So, but another thing too, is some days you're going to be way more sore than other days. So you got to kind of switch it up or you can look at, well, what, what elements did I not hit? What body parts didn't I really get a good, a good, uh, just a good pump in. So the next day you might work on some other things. But anyway, I train upper body on Fridays. And then I train legs on Saturdays. Sundays, I kind of do like a hybrid workout, just some maintenance work. Everything is pretty chill, pretty light. I still try to get a good stretch, a good squeeze as far as lifting weights. But now I'm incorporating running back into my programming. So with that being the case, I'm kind of just, I'm winging it. Like I'm winging it. And to be honest, I wing a lot of my workouts. Why do I wing them? Why do I just do whatever I feel? Because I'm comfortable with the type of training that I do. I understand my body. I know how to get in shape when it's time to get in shape. I stay relatively lean year round. Um, so I'm not really chasing after like any like, you know, ridiculous weight loss goals or anything like that. There's there's nothing in, in the way of that that I'm working on. So, of course, yeah. Like I said, my thing was building back, building back my strength. But now I have to incorporate running. So what I'm doing right now is I'm still doing upper body on Fridays. However, I am doing some sort of run. I'm doing a run. Now, the mileage is going to vary. But for example, like I think last week, um, I did upper body training. But for before I did upper body training, I ran first. I think I ran like, I don't know, not even two miles because again, I'm still in the beginning phases after not running for, you know, 30, 30 some odd days or like, you know, uh, what, if 
it was two and a half weeks, maybe like, I don't know, 40, 40, 42 days, something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to just get into shape, let alone running shape. So I'm gradually going to increase the amount of mileage over, over the coming week. So each week I will try to add on maybe one mile or maybe two miles. Sometimes I will add on more mileage. It just depends on how much closer I am to race day, which again is March 19th, um, of 2023. So yeah, Friday upper body, but first I did like, um, last week anyway, I did like a little one or one and a half mile run. And then Saturdays I typically train legs. So you know, there could be an issue with that because man, you're going to run and you're going to train legs. And I'm a very, I, I train intense. I train hard. I train to failure. Um, I, I do pyramid sets as well as drop sets. So that could be a lot, you know, I'm sometimes five, six sets for, you know, like for set for like leg extensions, as example, the other, the other, the other week, not the other week, that was either yesterday or last week. My memory is terrible, clearly. I don't get uh, as much sleep as I should. But anyway, um, on the leg extension machine, I've, I probably did like damn near eight sets. Now, a lot of those sets were just like warm-up sets and just to get things flowing so that I could just loosen up my knees for the rest of the workout. But yeah, I will do things like that. So that's a lot of volume on top of someone having to run and try to actually improve their running. So... Essentially, again, for me, the Friday runs, basically it's like, okay, Friday I'll train upper body, like I said, then I'll do, or I'll do, I'll do a light run. I'll do a light run. I'll train upper body workout complete. The next day, I, uh, if I'm going to train legs first, I run. But for me right now, at the moment, what's, what seems like it is going to be beneficial or just seem like it's going to be somewhat efficient for the most part is me running longer runs on Saturdays and then training legs. And depending on how hard the run was, I can just uh, adjust the intensity or the volume of my leg training post running. And then Sunday will be something that I call pitter patter work or maintenance work. Now, what the hell is that? Basically, on Sundays, days like today, which is something that I did, I go, I'm, I'm, if, since I'm incorporating running and weightlifting, I still did a run today. However, it was, I don't even think it was two miles. Um, but it was at a very slow pace, not pushing hard at all. My thing is just practicing on my breathing, working on my breathing, making sure that's good. And just checking out my mechanics, feeling my body to see what's going on, what's more comfortable, if I need to make improvements or adjustments, and just to stay getting in reps and to keep blood flowing, to keep the joints uh, just lubricated. So that way I can maintain my cardiovascular endurance as I get closer to race day. So again, for me, now, it might work for me the first, who knows, first four weeks. Maybe maybe I'll hit a wall and have to change things up, you know, week five. I don't know. But for now, I'm playing it out like this. I'm going to do a short run on Friday. Then I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lift weights, do upper body only. Saturday, I will do a long run. So if I'm scheduled to run five miles, I need to run five miles. After that five miles, I rehydrate, I change 
I go to the gym and I train legs. Depending on how the run was, I adjust the the intensity and the volume of it. If I need to do less in the weight room because my run was really like high pace, high intense, then I will do that. And then again, Sundays is like a hybrid day, pitter-patter work, maintenance work. Very, very simple run, very light run, not trying to PR or break any records or anything like that. It's just to keep things flowing, but it also helps with muscle recovery. Um, and then, yeah, just to get in the reps, make sure my mechanics are solid or either try to improve them if they suck. Um, and then just practicing on breathing. So, yeah. And then also, too, on Sundays, um, I do core work as well. So, yeah. Pretty much that's it. My cardio, for the most part, in the beginning of my training camp, which started December 10th, was I would do an hour of cardio or at least like 45 minutes, and then I would do weight training. But now I'm minimizing, as far as like on cardio machines, I'm minimizing that. So I'm not on the Stairmaster as much or on the elliptical as much. I just use those things to kind of warm up, or I'll do the elliptical for sprint work. Now, my cardio base is mainly going to be running. So I don't have to do as much cardio work in the gym per se. It just depends on where I'm at as far as my VO2 max and just really being able to push. Because I'm going to get to a point where I really got to bust my ass on some of these runs. I got to do some tempo runs, which basically you simulate what it's going to be like to run like, you know, at your at your very best. And you really try to push for better times, having lower run times. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out um, because I haven't it's been a while since I've done training like this. I used to always do training like this, but it wasn't as uh, I guess I don't know. It wasn't as habitual or dialed in or meticulous. So, yeah, not that it's that meticulous now, but you know what I mean. But anyway, so now that you know what my training split is and how I'm incorporating lifting weights and running into my schedule without one or the other being like too much. I just want to break down something that maybe you guys could possibly look at considering or whatever. But of course, disclaimer, do your own research. You know, you've got to check what are your pre-genetic dispositions? You know, uh, if you don't have any, you got to understand like there's there's obviously there's a lot of benefits to working out, but there are also risks as well. You need to know how to approach training and nutrition and all of that. So you need to consult with a personal trainer or a professional, you know, dietitian or nutritionist or just go to your doctor and, and let them know like, hey, this is what I want to do in regards to fitness and nutrition. You know, what what do you think my limitations are? Because some of us, we don't know what our limitations are. We don't know you know, what our ceiling is. And we don't know like how, how much we can do or not do. So yeah, but also to like get educated on like just the fitness principles and the ways that one should or could train, especially as a beginner, because again, it's going to be different for every single person, just as far as like your body mass index, your, your basal metabolic rate, uh, again, pre-genetic dispositions that you may have, like that are hereditary things that you might have to look out for or are already experiencing. So yeah, that's just a disclaimer. Now let's get into this because this is all for educational and informational purposes only. So for you, the individual listening to this, what are some of the ways that you can incorporate both lifting weights and running into your programming? So your main focus should be on one activity as far as improving in it. So 
examples. If you're trying to become a better runner, but you still want to lift weights, you need to focus most of your training on running. However, you will find times or just days to put add in weight training or resistance training. So I'm just going to give a brief uh, breakdown of a schedule that you guys can implement. Um, and this is just because I love y'all. You know what I'm saying? Um, because, of course, usually, obviously, I charge for these type of things. But I feel like this is very beneficial for anybody out there who's, again, trying to incorporate lifting weights and running within one fitness program. Now, take notes. On Monday, you can do a light run. Maybe at like 50% of your maximum effort, low mileage, depending on your goals here. On Tuesday, you can do moderate, a moderate weightlifting session. It will be full body. So it'll be like 60 to 70% of your effort or, or max uh, as far as like maybe like uh, your RPE or your one rep max or whatever. So you'd be going pretty hard on Tuesday. Now, Wednesday, you would have a rest day. So complete rest, no training at all. Just focus on nutrition, taking naps, sleeping eight hours, doing something fun. If you're not at work and even if you are at work, you could do something fun before work or after work just to get your mind off of training and everything and to really just like not worry about, you know, just beating up your body. You can take your supplements um, that also help you to recover. Um, and that's Wednesday. Wednesday, full rest day from everything. No running, no lifting. Now, um, you can stretch. You can stretch. You can do ice therapy, heat therapy. Uh, you can do massage, etc., etc. There's an episode I talked about on uh, different ways that you can recover. You can go back into the feed and check those out as well. But anyway, on Thursdays, you can do a long run. And you would run at about 60 to 70% of your maximum speed. But this will be high mileage. So let's say you've got a nine-mile run coming up. Thursdays, some weeks, you would want to implement, like, you know, at least five miles, a five-mile run at a high pace. You know, so other weeks, you would, you would bump that up to six miles. Other weeks, seven miles, until eventually you would do a practice run of the nine miles um, at a 60 to 70% effort or maximum maximum effort. Now, on Friday, Friday's a rest day. Again, you get enough sleep, ice therapy, heat therapy, massage, foam rolling, uh, you know, supplementation as far as like things that'll help you recover, like branch chain amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein. So Friday rest day, Saturday is also a rest day. Same thing. Rest, recovery, getting sleep, doing something fun and exciting, doing something that's completely outside of training and nutrition and all of that, like having fun or whatever. If you're working, get that money, you know what I'm saying? Um, now, Sunday, Sunday would be a hybrid workout. So you would do both uh, weight training and you would do running. Now, something that you could do is for this Sunday workout, it's a hybrid workout. So you could do 30 minutes of different types of uh, running drills. So you could do like some sprint work for give or take, maybe like 10 minutes of sprinting or, you know, maybe 20 minutes of sprinting. And then you could do a short run. So you could be either a 10 minute run or a 20 minute run. For some of you guys, you might just want to do the full 30 minutes of that of that portion of the workout as as a short run, which is fine. 
Then, of course, um, the other the other half of the workout, of course, for Sunday is weight training. So you could do 30 minutes of weight training, whatever type of weight training you like to do. You can focus on uh, a power program, a strength program, or you can just focus on hypertrophy, which is just building muscle. It just depends on you. Um, and that day. Everything is extremely light. So when you run, you're not you're 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 running maybe 30 to 40 percent of your maximum effort or your maximum speed. Like you're chilling, you're working on mechanics, you're you're making sure your breathing is good. Um for weight training, same thing. Uh very, very, very light weights, uh very low volume, kind of almost like circuit training if you're into that, if that works for you. If it doesn't, you can do more standardized types of workouts if it's a bro split or whatever. Or you could just do like a, some type of like AMRAP as far as like a CrossFit style on machines or free weights. Whatever whatever feels comfortable for you. Um, so yeah. And then of course, you want to continue throughout the entire week. All day, every day is drinking plenty of water, getting plenty of sleep and having a, a balanced diet. And then, of course, you want to make sure that all of your workouts are extremely fun and entertaining for you. So that way you can stick to them long term. And especially in regards to nutrition, make sure the food tastes good to you. Make it taste good, even if it's sugar free or low fat or whatever. Um, so, yeah. And this is only just this is just one example of how to incorporate running and lifting into your training routine. There are so many different programs that you can do. There's so many different ways you can program your extra your your workouts as far as running and lifting weights. So don't feel like this is the only way you can do it. But um, yeah, you got to experiment, try different things, see what works for you. Because I don't know your body. You know your body. The only body I know is my body and my woman's body. You feel me? <laughs> but anyway, um, I just want to repeat this programming once again in case you guys, you know, were not able to keep up with how fast I'm talking. So, again, if you're trying to incorporate both lifting weights and running into your uh, into your workout routine, again, you would do on Monday, it will be a light run like 50% of your maximum effort, some low mileage. On Tuesday, you would lift weights. So my, I, I said moderate in the beginning, but I'm going to say moderate to intense weightlifting session, uh, full body preferably. Um, and then that would be at about 60 to 70% of your maximum effort in the gym. Wednesday would be a full rest day. Again, sleep, supplementation, uh rest, recovery, nutrition, doing something fun. Um, Thursday, it'll be a long run. So this will be a little bit more intense. It'll be 60 to 70% of your, of your maximum speed and it will be high mileage. And then Friday's a rest day. Saturday's a rest day. Again, supplementation, rest and recovery, ice therapy, heat therapy, foam rolling, stretching, doing something fun and exciting that that has nothing to do with weight training and then sunday is a hybrid workout so 30 minutes of you know dynamic workouts dynamic stretching on a short run and then getting in some weight training very 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 light weights uh very very low volume um just to get in that work keep the blood flowing and just to be able to recover um and then yeah again drinking plenty of water getting enough sleep eating a balanced diet supplementation, doing fun things in between all of the workouts and just going from there and seeing what works for you. 
So yeah, man. Um, that's pretty much it for the fitness portion of today's episode. So if you enjoyed that, make sure that you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. Now, getting into the finance portion of today's episode. Um, yeah, last episode, we talked about cumulative translation adjustments. So if you have no idea what that is or you have not been following along, you can go back into the feed and check out episode 133 for that. Now, let me just explain it quickly. For those of you who are not going to go back, cumulative translation adjustment essentially is just it shows you in an annual report. It shows you the gains or losses um, in regards to the exchange rate. So when you have investments or you're doing business in other countries, the currency is it might be more valuable or less valuable. It just depends on so many different factors. But uh, the cumulative translation adjustment, it shows you the gains or losses in that in the foreign exchange rate. Now, let's get into the economic updates. The S&P 500 at the close on Friday was at four thousand seventy point five six or 0.50% uh, off of the January 27th 52-week highs of 4,091.41. So the highs for 2023, uh, yeah, they were on the same day uh, that the market, uh, uh, where the market was at on Friday, if, that, if you can follow that. But anyway, Honestly, it feels like all of the finance professionals and enthusiasts are waiting for two things to, to occur, which is number one, the next FOMC meeting to see how high the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates, whether that's 25 basis points, 50 basis points or more. And if we'll actually get a soft landing, aka avoid a recession, or if we'll actually have an economic recession. Uh, although there are many individuals that feel that we are already in one right now, um, especially when it comes to just businesses, it seems like there is what they call an earnings recession going on at the moment. A lot of companies are, are giving guidance and it's negative. Um, so yeah, of course that's going to affect, you know, any and everybody that's involved in, you know, the growth or deceleration of those businesses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, China reopening is also another potential catalyst to the overall outcome. Um, being that as far as like just what what could happen in the coming months, being that it's such a large economy. And of course, it has ties to the U.S. economy. So, yeah, that's another that's another interesting tidbit. And there's obviously other other things that that are going to play a huge role in what happens with this next interest rate hike. Um, and then just in the year, the year uh, just as a whole, especially when you look at things like unemployment and you look at the housing market, which, of course, is basically in a recession. It's in a downturn. So that's another thing. But, um, yeah, so the next interest rate hike is going to be announced and implement it January 31st and February 1st of 2023. So this is this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, after this happens, 
The markets may go insane depending on overall expectations and investor psychology. So yeah, there have been, if you've been following markets, you know, the last two years, especially, especially last year, 2022, you've seen what markets have done when interest rates came in lower than expected or higher than expected, or, you know, when, when investors were thinking that things were better, better than, than expected or worse than expected. So yeah, we might get a lot of volatility and price action going on, uh, come Tuesday and Wednesday, but we'll see what happens. Um, also to disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Consult with your financial advisors, do your own research. It's up to you to do your due diligence. Don't be lazy. There's a lot of lazy individuals out there. You need to read the right, uh, information and publications. If you're trying to become a better investor, um, this is for educational and informational purposes only. So don't think that what I'm saying pertains to, uh, your portfolio, I manage my own money, so this pertains to what I'm doing and what I'm trying to become in regards to just an elite or better investor over the course of my lifetime. So yeah, again, consult with your financial advisors. None of this is is, is gospel. None of this is, you know what I'm saying, Bible or whatever you want to call it. Like, do your Googles, man. I don't I don't know anything about anything. Now before I continue to get lost in the macroeconomic madness, let's continue with annual reports. So we've been discussing annual reports. For those of you who are new, if you don't know what an annual report is or a 10K report, it is all of the financial uh, data that companies have to calculate and tally up at the end of the year, at the end of their fiscal year. So you get to see how much money that they invested back into the business um, in, in regards to research and development. You get to see how much money they spent overseas. You get to see how much revenue the companies generated. So if they if they made money or if they lost money and how much they lost, um, you get to see if they bought back shares. You get to see uh, if the dividend rate increased. You get to see so many different things. You also get to see what the CEO is is most concerned about, what they felt good about in regards to the company's performance. Um, there's a lot of different things you get to look at in an annual report, but it breaks down all of the financials. Uh, there's the balance sheet or the, or the profit and loss statements. There's a consolidated uh, comprehensive income statements. Uh, there's the assets and liabilities. There's so many different things that go th that, that are on a 10k report. So those are the things that we've been talking about for uh, a decent amount of time, like a couple months, we've been going over things. So we're going almost line by line item in annual reports. So we're, go we're, we're back to that. If you haven't been following along. So today, I'm gonna give uh, just a brief breakdown of defined benefit pension. So and then a uh, post-retirement plan adjustments as well. And this is in the, uh, this is in the, what is this in the comprehensive income statement, comprehensive, uh, consolidated income statements inside of a 10 K report. Now the defined pension, the defined benefit pension, it's employer funded. So your job basically creates that for lack of a better term or in layman's terms. And then you've got post-retirement plan adjustments. So defined benefit plans, according to Investopedia, 
provide eligible employees guaranteed income for life when they retire. Once again, defined benefit plans provide eligible employees guaranteed income for life when they retire, according to Investopedia. Now, this benefit is based on many factors, such as the employee's salary and how many years they've worked for the company. Now, the employer or your job, they're the ones who take on the risk of managing the funds in this benefit plan and the possibility that the returns won't cover the benefit amount due to, uh, due to the retired person. So if you're not following that, basically it's like this. When companies offer defined benefit plans, they're basically taking on the responsibility of creating your retirement income when you leave the job. So a very popular example would be a pension. So if you get a pension, after you retire from that company, you're going to get a set amount of money on a monthly basis for the rest of your life until you die and, or, and pass that on to a beneficiary if there isn't one. Now, I haven't done as much research on pensions. I don't know uh, what happens as far as like if if the retiree like passes away if they're able to continue those payments and get and and just transfer them to a beneficiary or if they just stop uh you know all together but basically yeah for a pension plan or a defined benefit plan it is your job's responsibility to manage that money come up with investments that that uh that generate returns of some sort and they pay you on a monthly basis after you retire so with that said, there's a lot of risk that companies take on with that. And these types of risk are causing businesses to shift from uh, from defined benefit pension plans to defined contribution plans, which are a little bit different. Now, in a defined contribution plan, that is the employee's responsibility or you and I, that's your responsibility or my responsibility. So, but uh, going back to uh, the, just the pension plans or the defined benefit plans that the companies manage and pay out to you, they're either going to pay you in a lump sum or one-time payment, or they can pay you by in, in something that's called an annuity. And an annuity is basically just you you pay into something over time. You pay basically you pay into an insurance company over time. The insurance company takes that money that's paid into the annuity and they invest that money and they try to generate a good return so that over time you will have, you know, a larger amount of money when you're retired. Now, once you hit that certain retirement age, that annuity is gonna be paid out to you on a monthly basis. Um, and there are a lot of different terms and rules and regulations and stipulations to that, especially in regards to fees and taxes and everything. So, yeah, if you want to look up the details of that, you can do that on your own time. That's just the basic breakdown of it. Now, as far as the defined, uh, the defined uh, benefit plans, which the companies kind of operate or manage for you, these 
are more just more likely to to be given to people like CEOs or vice presidents or just upper management or board of directors people like that other companies might differ it just depends on 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 the positions now there are other companies where you don't have to be like a higher up to get a pension but again that's something that i haven't done a lot of research on so it will be best if you do your own research on all types of different pensions and how they work and and who's eligible for them because not every company offers a pension at the lower tier or at the lower level now another thing too for upper management is stock options as far as like uh, defined benefit plans stock options is a, just a whole honestly that could be a whole another episode but again it's something else that i'm not as as privy to because my research and analysis is focused on other aspects of investing and just asset management and finance in general but yeah the 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 one plan that we all know of is considered a defined contribution plan and again it's retirement savings which is the responsibility of the employee the person who works there and one of the most popular ones is a 401k. So I want to talk about a 401k a little bit. Now, again, a 401k is a retirement plan and it is a defined contribution plan um, when you're looking at something like a 10k or annual report and you're assessing the value of a potential business that you want to buy inside of your stock portfolio. So let's get into the details of a 401k plan briefly and then we're going to wrap up this episode. Now, an employee will defer part of their salary pre-tax into the plan. So just as an example, you might contribute to your 401k, give or take, I don't know, 20 or 30 bucks every payroll period. So if you get paid weekly, 20, 30 bucks every single week goes into your 401k. If you get paid bi-weekly, 20, 40, 20, 30 bucks goes into your 401k every single check every two weeks. So some companies will actually match your contribution up to a certain percentage. Um, a simplified example would be this in order for you to receive your company's match, your minimum contribution would have to be 5% into your 401k account. So 5% of your gross salary. Once you, once you're, uh, transferring or investing that 5% into your 401k, your company, if they match, they'll match something like 50% of your contribution on top of that, AKA they'll add another two and a half percent on top of that 5%. But again, I'm going to need you guys to check my math on that, please, because I'm not, I'm not a math whiz by any stretch of the imagination. But that's that's some of how a 401k will work. Now, other elements of 401k retirement accounts is that the employee or you, you'll get to choose your investment options that are offered by the company. Unfortunately, the options that these companies offer are not the best choices in a lot of cases. But some of the examples would be you would have the ability to invest in things like stocks or bonds, which are fixed income, or something called target date funds. So you can 
Another thing you can do inside of 401ks is you can decide on your risk tolerance or your your allocation of capital into that 401k. So some examples of that, and then we're going to wrap this up, is you can be you can have a conservative allocation. Conservative would be something like this. 60% of the money is invested in bonds, which is like fixed income or treasury treasuries securities or money market funds and then 40 percent of your money will be invested into stocks now you could do a moderate allocation or have a moderate risk profile that's going to be something like this 50 percent bonds or 50 percent treasuries or 50 percent money market funds and then the other 50 percent will be in stocks or the third one is you can have an aggressive uh allocation to your 401k. So aggressive would be something like this. 70% or more of your money on each payroll period would get invested into stocks. 30% or less would be invested in things like bonds. It could be government bonds, it could be corporate bonds, money market funds, commodities, um, or things like commercial paper. It just depends on what the company offers you. Uh, so yeah, Another thing, too, is when it comes to 401ks, when you get paperwork in the mail, make sure that you're reading what the fees are and what the tax implications are as far as your 401k. There are fees in them because there are asset managers or mutual fund managers that manage that money for you, and they're not going they're not to do that for free. So you need to read the fine print print out or or go online and look at your 401k paperwork and disclosures to see you know what type of fees that they're charging based on how much money you have invested over time because yeah they do add up and they do eat into your returns aka less money over time when it's time to retire but yeah man i just wanted to kind of talk about that because honestly a lot of people they have no idea how their 401k works they just think, well, I'm an adult. I need to have a 401k and, and I'm, a, I'm an investor now because my 401k is doing this or doing that. And it's just like, no, get educated on it. Um, a book that was recommended to me by, um, of course, Ian Dunlap, the master investor was uh, Money Master the Game. It's by Tony Robbins. That so far for me. As far as 401ks and understanding them, that's one of the best books that breaks down how 401ks and retirement accounts work. So if you really want to know what goes on with 401k retirement accounts, get Money Masters the Game by Tony Robbins and it will tell you. It's a lot, it's it's a lot to it, and it's it's not it's not pretty at all as far as like how 401ks work. So yeah. But anyway, honestly, that's really all that I wanted to talk about in regards to finance. So, yeah, man, I know it was a lot of information, but if you found any of it useful, make sure you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast because we got more episodes on the way. Now, I still got to make some dinner. I got to go grab some shaving cream, and then I'm going to try to study uh, and get in a good amount of pages before I go to sleep because the work week begins Monday, and I got to be right, man. Also, I'm trying to get ready to see what happens with this damn uh FOMC Federal Reserve meeting. So that's going to be very interesting. Hopefully it will present and open up some 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 good ass uh, investment opportunities for sure. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, man, shout out to any and everybody who listens on a weekly basis. 
the the few of you who tune in. Um, again, shout out to Ghana. Shout out to West Africa. I appreciate my peoples for checking it out and listening to all the other countries that follow. Definitely appreciate you guys. Like I said before, make sure you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. Now, with that being said, you already know who it is. I'm not going to say it again. I'm out.